Hey there, and thanks for being here. Before we get started on this episode of The Fizz, I do want to introduce you to our newest sponsor, Vosa. Vosa is the new drink of summer. This Michigan-based company offers a vodka soda, a Highline, and soon they will have vodka soda as well. Their vodka water beverage is made with six-time distilled vodka, natural flavors, water, and they are 5% alcohol by volume. There's no carbonation, and even better, there's no hangover with these. You can try the vodka water in raspberry lime, pineapple, peach, and lemon. The Highline is a vodka cocktail that features the same six-times distilled vodka, natural fruit juice, sparkling water, and these are 7% alcohol by volume. The Highline comes in lemon, peach, pineapple, and my personal favorite, cherry. Don't forget to pick up Vosa the next time you're out enjoying your pure Michigan summer. Vosa, enjoy the finer things. Caught with straight shots and then pop bottles. Yeah. Flirt with the hood rats, then pop models. Uh-huh. Caught with yeah. straight shots and then pop bottles. Yeah. Flirt with the hood rats, then Okay, pop we poppin' champagne like we won a championship game. Look like I got on a championship game. Cause I ball hard. Don't just me by harder. I am the bird man. Yeah, I am the Hello and welcome to episode 111 of The Fizz. Thank you all for joining us. We are here on a toasty Tuesday evening, June 6th. I am here with the main dogs back from a weekend pure Michigan golf trip, ice cold Brulu. He's got the shades on because the sun is in his eyes. How are we doing, Lou? We're good, baby. We are good to be back. Back in left field over here. Yeah. Uh, tuned in, got the sun dialed in, ready to rock out 111. Let's ride. Yeah, use your glove, cover the sun, catch the ball, make the play. Get it in. Can of corn, can of corn. Yes, sir. Channy is to my left. Uh, he's not in the sun as much, but he's got on a really, really cool shirt. I like his shirt. It's like a champagne-colored texture thing. It's got, like, dark tan buttons. I like it. It's a nice Good textile shirt. on yeah. it. Thanks. Yeah. Appreciate it, man. I'm over here in right field, kind of eating seeds, dicking around, waiting for something to come my way. Yeah. And since we're just doing a full layout here, I guess I'm catching behind the plate. Um, oh, you and, are the catcher. Yeah, I kind of am. <laughs> yeah, nice. Nice. Right off the rip. Make that joke. That's good. It's baseball reference. Uh, but yeah, I can feel the sun on my like bald spot back here. It's really good. Tan so, that bad boy. Yeah, why not? Might as well tan it up. So you guys... Just went on a golf trip together this weekend. How many guys do you have with you? 24 total Holy and 16 shit. from our crew of friends. Wow, that's a monster crew. It was it was a big crew, 14 guys under one roof on Lake Ogama. Um, I'll let Pizzo get into the nitty-gritty of the trip, but uh, needless to say, um, always good. It's a tradition, so it's not like we just go on a golf trip every year. We golf the same courses every year with the same group of guys every year. And I think this was our fifth or sixth year doing it together. Yeah, I think it was my fifth, but I yep. think they've been doing it for six. Yeah, I think so too. Um, but yeah, if this year was the first year we went Airbnb. So we used to stay in the prior years, we were at the Quality Inn in mm. West Branch. Of okay. West Branch. Yeah. Yes, so the, only the highest of highest five stars, you like, know. Yeah. Quality. And it was an absolute fucking nightmare at the Quality Inn because we'd have 14 of us after getting shit-faced on the course all day. We'd go back there. We'd get to pick from uh, Lumberjack's Bar or Applebee's. Those were our food options. Uh, everything closed up there at 10 o'clock, so he had to shut it down by then. And then we'd have 14 guys sitting in a twin queen bedroom hotel room watching <laughs> oh the NHL God. playoffs. Yeah. 
And you guys would per- do this every year, yeah, like, every knowing year. that that was the routine. Yes. Yep. Okay. And then this year, someone was like, I can't fucking do it. No, this year, there was too many guys. Because when we started going up, we had probably eight guys. Then it turned into 10. Then it turned into 12 from our crew. Now it got up to 14 this year. So gotcha. we're like, you know, at six to eight guys in a room, it's crammed, that's but it's lot. doable. Yeah. At 10 to 12 guys a room, it's impossible. Well, when we do Ignis, I mean, that's kind of what, I mean, big difference though is we have the casinos, things stay open a lot later. Right, but, like you know, we, there's nowhere to hang out here either. Like yeah. there's a, a pool area, it closes early, and then there's an outdoor patio, which you get yelled at every five minutes for being too loud on. <laughs> yeah, right. So it's like, and then you go in the room, you break everyone's shit, whosever room that is gets <laughs> fucked. Yeah, the party room. <laughs> right. Yeah. And then, so tell us about Ignis. Well, yeah, Ignis is the same thing. It's just like we have seven guys. Max, we, we used to take eight up there, like, and you're in one room, and that's absolutely the max it can be. And to be even remotely, mildly comfortable. You're not comfortable at all, but it's like fine. I can't imagine doing like eight or eight plus. Yeah. yeah. It was a full house. Uh, great, great weekend, though. I mean, I, I don't know if 2,000 or 3,000 drinks were drank. Um, liver is absolutely black at this point, Good. fresh off movement right into golf weekend with the boys right to Monday golf yesterday. Yeah. And, uh, your boy shot his low round though for the, for the career. So what did we shoot? Pretty happy about that. A 38, two that's, over. Wow. That's yeah. fucking impressive. Yeah. So I was pretty juiced up about that. Yeah. Very I wouldn't jacked. have showed up for work today if I had that. Oh, I wish I could. I, wish I mean, I, I hate giving him credit, but it was a 38 after five rounds in the previous three days too. <laughs> yeah. So usually you're worn down by that time and you're like overthinking everything, your grip, where your feet are, how you're swinging. Obviously, it helped, Lou. Maybe he should just practice golf perfect. six to seven rounds every week. Right. Get blasted for two weeks and then go play golf. Yeah. You know? You're playing loose. The, I, the, the oil was out. I was loose. I, I didn't really start drinking heavily. I had one shot with the guy I was playing with, the Jameson, before we started. And I was like, oh, okay, good to be back. Yeah. You know? And then, like, around the third hole, started putting some beers back. I got a double crown with Arnold Palmer. Smart. You know, finished about five off. And then I finished off par, par, birdie, birdie. Keep drinking. Yeah, that's the only thing I figured out yesterday. Yeah, I'd be on. I'd be on absolute, absolute cloud. Nine. I was, I was beyond Jack. Yeah, music full blast on the ride home. Yeah, fucking hair out the window, cigaretto. <laughs> it's like a sports climax after your <laughs> after your career. This is like a post career climax. Um, <clears throat> getting into the weekend though, we did. Um, so Lou came up for five rounds. I played with two foursomes on Thursday. And we went to the loop. So have you ever heard of the loop? I played the loop last you year. You did play Played, the loop. It was uh it was October, I okay. wanna say the weekend of like the fifteenth, middle of October. It was actually the coldest weekend of, of the month. It, really? It was like the month where the prices go down. Mm-hmm. Um, but it actually like was warmer the next weekend. It was crazy cold. I wore like I wore uh like outdoor gloves yeah, yeah. to like try to golf but Stingers it was still only it was still a fucking blast what'd i mean you, obviously it's like what'd you think of it i thought it was awesome yeah because like i'm a big bump and run guy yeah like you know you can keep, it's wide open so wide it's hard, open. hard to lose a ball i lost one all round yeah you can just keep it real low and you can just whack you know you can bump and run the whole fucking time it was five iron putters like i really enjoyed it isn't it crazy how they just set up the tee boxes in the middle of the fairway yeah. like they just Plop them right down. It's crazy. And then you can obviously play them both ways. Did do you remember what way you played, black or red? Um, I I want to say black. Okay, we played black too. Okay, I I believe so. I mm-hmm. bet you probably the guys listening to this are screaming on the other side that we played the other <laughs> way. But I, I, yeah, I think we played black, but I don't know. It was day the second day of the the trip, so so that was a good experience. Always play West Branch Country Club. 
I mean, for the people in Metro Detroit here, it's like a Cracklewood slash Stony Creek. You know, yep. decent course, you know, nothing special, but it's well-maintained. Yeah. And then the main events are Nightmare and Dream. Have you ever played those ones? I have not. Okay, so Nightmare and Dream are like the traditional up north course. Mm-hmm. Um, hills, you can see for miles, tough, fast greens, tight some holes, open other holes. It's a, a traditional up north course. The caveat with Dream and Nightmare is they don't have a liquor license, mm. so they encourage you to bring your own alcohol. Oh, oh they do. Oh, they yes. pa- they give you a cooler. They have a whole ice machine out there, like, and it's no whatever you want, fifths, beers, yes. anything. Wow. Yes. So Saturday is a 36 of this trip, and it's a single. Uh, you play your own ball in the morning. Yeah. Get tuned up. Yeah. And then by the afternoon round, we're playing scrambles. Mm-hmm. Well, Got a little crazy in the scrambles in the afternoon. We'll say first time I took psychedelics while playing golf. Wow. Chandler had a little meltdown before we started the afternoon round. No way. The teams got shuffled around like last minute. Yeah. Because we were supposed to do two threesomes and two foursomes. Okay. But the guys at the clubhouse let us play five on a hole. So we did two fives and a four. Okay. Because the the threesome scrambles, you kind of get fucked unless Mm -hmm. everyone plays like lights out. Yeah. So it was, and, and the course ended up being jammed up anyway. So it worked out in the long haul. But it was just like you were waiting on pretty much every other hole, and it was like you were consuming. Yeah, right. Let me defend myself here. <laughs> okay. Mini yeah. meltdown. <laughs> Mini meltdown for two reasons. One, the guys I played with in a foursome on Friday, I played with again on Saturday. Okay. The two guys I was supposed to play in my threesome with were two guys I didn't get to play with all weekend. Mm-hmm. So I'm and like, are they hey, like good buddies? Is yes. This, okay. One's, got it. Everyone my, with us was. One's yeah. my cousin. Got it. Through marriage. Yeah. So I'm like, oh, I'm gonna get to play with them Saturday uh-huh. afternoon. In between rounds, they say, no, actually, we're switching up teams, and you're not playing with them. Yeah. And I'm like, what the fuck? Then they tell me my new team. It's the same guys I played with the day before. Right. So I'm like, what the fuck is going on? Uh-huh. I'm playing with. Worst guys, guys that I already played with. Yeah. People I don't like. I was going to say. <laughs> Not people I don't like. No, let's trash them. Let's trash these people. They're a good, they're a good time, and I had a, a blast. I'm glad this I did. This team ended up winning. Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad we did end up oh playing God. with them. But at the end of the day, like, I just, the goal of that trip for me, I don't know about you and your golf trips, I want to play with everybody. Yeah. I try to play, if there's 16 guys we go with, I want to play with 14 or 15 mm-hmm. out of those guys. So, um, I, I'll be honest with you, this, this happened to me a little bit when we did our trip up to Forest Dunes in the Loop. Um, I got kind of paired with, you know, there's a lot of my buddies up there, and I, I felt I was a little, man, little odd man out. Mm-hmm. I was, and then I got kind of paired with two guys I don't really know. It was like friends of friends. That's kind again, of the worst thing, again, too. You're like, ah, great, fuck. Great guys, cool guys, but like, you know, you, you had the absolute boys in like a foursome. Right. And I want to spend five hours with them. And then it got them. like redrafted again, and like the same fucking thing happened. And I was with the same two guys. I had a new partner, new buddy. It was great, but like it was, it was, it was that. It was exactly that when you're like, ah, I spent all this money. I drove all this way. And like I can see 100 yards in front of me, like, my absolute buddy's just like having a ripper. Right. Know? Right. Yeah. It, well, the other part. And you were of, on shrooms panicking, it well, seems like. I was no, about to no, calm me down. You <laughs> needed the shrooms yeah. to get paired oh, right. I, thought, I thought you took the shrooms and got paired no, up and like, got angry. That calmed me down. It, what it was was one guy picked him. Wasn't a draft. Yeah. It wasn't discussed. It was like, hey, here's the teams. That's actually what happened with ours too. That, uh, that is true. And it's like, what, what what the fuck's going on here? <laughs> yeah. We we all put our heads together for these threesomes and foursomes, and then at the last second, oh no, these are teams. Yeah. And you're playing with guys you played with on Friday. How'd that happen? 
I don't know. That's why I was. That's what I was saying. I feel like you know. I don't know. I was a. Yeah. Was I in the, was I in the group where the the teams were created? Maybe I don't know. But I did not create the teams. You got some Trump hands. I just kind of right rolled around. You got these Trump hey, hands going. Yeah, people I, are saying it. I'm not saying it. They <laughs> might be saying it. <laughs> Golf was played. Nonetheless, Golf. it was a great round. We had a lot it of was. fun. Played a five some. I don't think the first time in my life, but one of the only times in my life. And I can tell you. So everyone, we're the last group in. Okay, we're playing. We're playing the best as five some can play. We okay. end up shooting fourteen under okay. through eighteen. Yeah, and these guys, we had three guys that were over fifteen handicaps. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like they were shooters. So we're waiting on the last hole. We're coming in, and our buddy, who we just absolutely bag on, he's a good time, but he's not a great golfer. Everyone's watching him. Fifty yard shot on the eighteenth hole, hits it, hits this ridge, starts rolling, rolling, rolling. Dink drops a eagle no on the way. last hole to yeah, put a nail in the, the car. All in front of all the boys. I'm telling you what, 10 to 12 people out of the 14 there were on mushrooms. <laughs> drank probably a fifth that Guilty. day. Guilty. Oh, my you God. Know? So everyone just it exploded. It had to be like fucking Lollapalooza. Oh, it was. It had to be just chaos. It, it was, was giggle century, bro. I was fucking laughing Dude, so hard. That'll be the best shot. That'll be the best shot of that guy's life. Oh, yeah. He'll never forget that. And if you saw this guy in particular play, he ain't doing that. Right. Yeah. I mean, it sounds like me. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So it was it was a, a really good time. But all in all, to all the listeners out there, get out, go do shit with your buddies. Going up north is never a bad idea, and make time for it this time of year because a there's nothing like up north Michigan, and b there's nothing like golfing yep. up north in Michigan. And I, and I can't recommend the dream and nightmare more. I mean, on top of them being open, like bring whatever you want. The, the round was like 60 bucks or something or like 70, that. Yep. And it's like every hole is cut out into the woods. Nothing's on top of each other. And the carts are the fastest golf carts I ever drove in. Really? They fucking pick up speed downhill. Oh my God. Like you get a couple bumps like going downhill. <laughs> yeah. Dude, you're fucking elevating off the ground, <laughs> buzzing downhill. Great dude. fucking t- – dude, it's so fun. That's pretty great. Yeah, I, I mean our trip la- – in, 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 in October was, you know, it was fucking awesome. We didn't have a moment like that. But did you guys end up ever playing the bootlegger up at uh, at Dunes, at no. Forest Dunes? So it's the par three course. And the, the, what made me think of it is you guys saying you had a fivesome going. They let our entire group of guys do this. And it was like, I don't, maybe not 20, but like 15 guys. And all of us just were like bare, like not barefoot, it was freezing out, but like dicking around on the course, like yeah. pushing our carts along. It was just, it's, those are so much like fun. Yeah. There's nothing like it. And the, the, on top of it too, there was, they let a six sum go in front of us that were playing three <laughs> on three so scramble. There's just no rules at this And point. the group no. in front of them was playing five man on a whole own ball. Oh my God. It was like, what the fuck is going on? Yeah. They really got no rules. There. Yeah. No, it's, it's highly recommended. Even good food. Yeah. I'm telling oh, you, yeah. the turn has some of the best food I've had at a golf the course. The Dream has the, one of the top burgers. Not that I've ate at a golf course that I've ever had. Yeah. Like, they're that good. And they make breakfast sandwiches in the morning. Yeah. Fucking lights out. Can't so, recommend them enough. Fuck. It sounds like the trip was an absolute blast, guys. It was good. Dream, nightmare, get up there, get to northern Michigan. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, let's stick on the golf theme since we're just we're rolling, we're hot, we're right into it. Huge news today, probably the biggest golf news in years. The ultimate knee bend. If not ever. Uh, PGA Tour and Live Golf have agreed 
to framework of a merger. So we don't have a final deal yet, but we have the framework and they are going to be merging. Uh, this comes out of absolute, I thought absolutely fucking nowhere. Jerry, who wrote our over-unders this week, claims that like he put the live PGA rivalry on there because he could tell something was brewing and he wanted to see where we gauged on it. I don't know if I fucking believe him. I, Jerry. Saw, a I saw a lot of people. I, I think I'm with Jerry on this because I saw a lot of people saying like Rory's been pretty silent and he was like one of the most vocal of the PGA about the whole live crossover. And I guess he's kind of tucked his tail over the last few weeks that he kind of like had a sense something was brewing up. Really? Cause I, cause I heard, I read everything today. So this news comes out and apparently the word on the street is that like everyone found out on Twitter. No one was yep. inside of this thing. Rory's on the PGA tour board, whatever the hell that means. And he didn't even know tiger had no fucking clue. Um, and apparently, uh, what's what, full swing was filming him when he received the news and they have like a frame, like a screenshot of it. And he's like kind of smiling at his phone. So take of that what you will. Uh, this does, as you said, seem like the ultimate knee bend that I've ever seen uh, when it comes to two major organizations who are beefing. Um, and I think I'm the most shocked because I feel like the live was put together like months ago. Right. Has it even been around for a year? Give or take a year. Yeah. Yep. About right. Yeah. And I, I had to double check that because I was like, I got to be wrong. I was like, maybe this thing got came out during COVID and I'm just like remembering it wrong. No, because no. full swing was last season, was based off last season, and that was the first season going for live. Yeah, 2022. Yep. So absolutely crazy. Um, I am completely mind blown. <laughs> and I kind of think Jay Monahan might be like the biggest rat scum piece of shit on earth for doing this. Biggest knee bend ever and the biggest merger ever. That'd be like the USFL and the Arena Football League merging. Yeah. Or the OHL and the AHL merging. Like, we've never seen two big leagues like this merge. Probably besides, like, the AFC and NFC to form the NFL. Right. Yeah. Right. Or American and – well, American and National League has always been yeah. a merger. But to your, you know, to your point, it, we've never seen something like this. And I'm curious about the ripple effects all the way down. Um, I heard a good point today locally about how, if at all, is it going to affect PGA club pros because they're part of the PGA organization. Right. Or like well, PGA Europe. Yes. So there's there's such a big ripple effect that since we're breaking the news or we're here on today recording and it's only you know hours after it was announced, we don't know just yet. But with an investment firm coming in and basically controlling the the PGA now – Rumors are swirling around that if there's any expansion, if there's any capital calls that they need to have, like this group that's buying them gets the first right of refusal. Mm -hmm. So essentially they could get more powerful and have a stronger hold onto the PGA um, should they need to expand in the future here. Well, it obviously seems like they have some hold or some thing Right. over the PGA for them to even do this deal. Right. Because the live ain't making money. They haven't made any money. No. They're they just, shelling it out. They just print it. That's it. Yeah. Right. It, but so when I was researching this thing, a couple things that I learned and, um, you know, not trying to put on like conspiracy hat, but like you got to kind of like ask some questions. So number one, uh, wildest thing that I learned today is that the PGA Tour, PGA, uh, is a 501C charity 
which I had no fucking idea. They are a nonprofit organization. I wow. hate that word. Yeah, I just it blows my mind. J- Jay Monahan makes fourteen point two million dollars a year, and they are a nonprofit organization. That blows my mind. <laughs> Apparently, they are being investigated by the Department of Justice. I don't know exactly what for. Again, I'm just digging in Twitter, reading some articles. I don't know exactly what for, but I kind of wonder if. I don't know, PJ makes a ton of fucking money and maybe they were a for-profit company and now with this merger, all that goes away because they can now be a for-profit company. Um, now that is just a 20,000 foot view of what I've seen on the internet, uh, but I'm just trying to find the reason that this merger happened less than a year or a year plus after Jay Monahan was essentially calling the live like terrorist blood money right. groups. So he must have been nervous. I mean, <clears throat> like you mentioned, Lou, like there wasn't much sticking power. The 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 broadcasting of Live was on CW. There and was got none. Cut yeah, off right. for a rerun of All American Teen Bop Show. <laughs> so that I, actually happened. I, it did happen. So <laughs> I don't know why they did it, and I don't know what's to come for the PGA. Are they going to adopt some of the things? Remember when the XFL first came out, and they had some cutting edge camera angles where like the camera was on the wire. Um, That was actually an XFL thing first. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, there, there was other miking up players, miking up players. Um, There was, I'm trying to think of the other one, the camera, the camera views and the miking up players. It was the production of it. Right. Was like way more uh, into what the game is. Right. So my question is like, there's obviously some big rule changes um, from the live to the PGA. One being, there's no cut events. Mm-hmm. So is the PGA going to adopt no cut events? Are they going to go to 54-hole tournaments instead of 72-hole tournaments? Is there going to be walkout songs still? Walkout songs? Need is that, that? going to be something? Right. Are most tournaments going to be guaranteed money? They have Not like just concerts some. and all that too at Live. It's more like a fucking show. I right. know. I kind of think, and I have no fucking clue, but I, I just kind of think it's going to be just the PGA with like now they're all merged together and like there's just more money infused into it. Like, I don't know how much do you actually think the, the live group, the Saudi group, like cares about the concerts and the no cuts and like whatever, as opposed to like, that was just their gimmicky way to try to produce the sport. Like, I do think they're kind of relieved now that the PGA like can just like, yes, do this. And like, they're still a part of it. Like, I don't yes. think they give it. I don't think they're going to be like, no, we have to have our concerts and our no cuts. That's what makes live great. It's like, it was a fucking 13 month old project and it kind of was being mismanaged. It seemed like, cause we never saw any matches from it. Right. So that's just what I just kind of think this is going to merge and like PR will just cover it up and you'll get a lot of people saying like blood money, blood money, blood money. Well, but. Exactly. And like you were saying, Frank, just that it's like, what happened to all these PGA people talking about blood money and terrorism and gay pride rights and women's rights and all this shit that they don't offer in the middle East. And now all of it's like, yeah. Hey, no big deal. Yeah. We're sorry. Yeah. Money wins again. Weird. Always. Yep. I think they saw what they were up against and the PGA got nervous because it was evident this, the live wasn't making money and they didn't really give a shit. And I don't know what the, the lives mission was. I personally think maybe it was just to take out the, the PGA or to get in on the PGA because they knew they could run their money forever. I mean, it's, it's all oil money, right? You know? So, so you just think there was an endless pile pool, infinity pool of cash. I think it didn't matter. Yes. I think they knew that something would break one way or another 
and they would get in on the fun, whether it was live versus PGA where they could make money off of, whether it was what we're seeing now where they merge with the PGA, or whether it was, hey, the live's actually going to get seven out of the top 10 players to come play on the tour. I think their goal just through this past 12 months and how they've acted was to shake up and to try to either take down or become part of the PGA. It wasn't just to start a golf league and start a successful golf league. Oh, Their yeah. focus was just the PGA and getting in on that money. And, and I just, to me, what's the oddest is this the timing of it. Like, it has only been whatever months. I don't know the exact months, but it's less than 24. We know that. Mm-hmm. It, if the live wasn't making money, like, and they were poorly run and they're having these production issues and this and that and this and that there had to be something more to it because if you say all those things and you like put plant your flag against live and you say it's wrong and you say anybody who joins it like has to apologize for joining it blah 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 like why wouldn't you just wait for that thing to crumble under its own weight right even if they have endless money like how long do they want to throw their endless, I guess, I guess truly endless money is endless money, but like how long do you want to throw away your money to have like a gimmicky golf league? So in my opinion, it's, it's not too weird that this has happened. I just thought this was going to be five years down the road. Correct. For sure. I mean, dude, if you're John Rahm, Scheffler, Rory, Justin Thomas, Morikawa, you know all these guys got offered deals to go to live and they're like, we're honorable. We're going to stick around for PGA. And what'd they get? A pat on the fucking head? They got a knee bend. Yeah. You know? They got nothing. They got, they got fucked. They, they got Brooks winning all the majors right. and getting all the money and then coming back and getting more money. Right. That's they got, what they got. They got the rug pulled out from them. And that's what I was going to touch on. Frank, do you think that Cam Smith, who won the Open last year and then joined the Live, and then Brooks winning the PGA uh, a couple weeks ago had any effect or put any pressure on the PGA to say, oh, shit. Two out of the last four major winners are from the live. We got to do something about it. I think so, 100%. I, I, don't, right? see how, I don't see how it couldn't turn up the heat lamp. Right. Again, I'm still kind of tinfoil hat. Like, I think there's something with the DOJ and this fucking charity thing. <laughs> I think there's something more. Like, to me, it's it's not just, like, shit. About the golf. Shit, Brooks won. Right. Like, let's right. fix this. Right. Like, I, I have a hard time believing it's just that. Do I think that absolutely made the room a little hotter and stuffier and like made it uncomfortable. Absolutely. Um, but like to find out at the core of what happened here is just like probably a 30 for 30 that we'll watch with our kids one day. Yeah. You know, like I just, someone, someone's got, there is so many shady dealings and too many powers that be, uh, for this to, for this just to be about, you know, Cam Smith right. and, and Brooks winning the, I, I didn't see anything yet, but did you guys see anything in regards to, like when live members are eligible to play in every PGA tournament, not just the majors, is the live season with its schedule still still continuing? The, okay, so the live schedule is gonna. I think this year continues out. Uh, I read the statement. I'm pretty sure they just have like a framework deal. They don't have what like the next step, which is like a definitive deal. Mm-hmm. So this year, I I believe plays out like as is um, as they figure out what the formidable deal is, but they have like a deal in principle. So the 2024 golf season is what's in the framework to start whatever official merger. Yeah. Let me, uh, let me pull this up. You think they'll put Patrick Reed and Rory in the same force or same grouping? 
first well, PGA tournament. I back. mean, if they like, <laughs> they should they like entertainment. Yeah, right. I mean, they I just, viewers. I mean, this is the ultimate. Like, I feel like even before Live Golf was starting to figure out, like, hey, why don't you pair the best yes. people at prime time? We need some controversy. <laughs> yeah, like, we need some battle here. Yeah, you know. Um, let's see if I can find this statement. With Look, with all the the stuff that's going on and all the obviously unknowns that that we're seeing right now and why did it happen? We could speculate or whatnot. I, I don't know about you guys, but I believe this is great for the game of golf. You've got so many good golfers again, and to yank the likes of Cam Smith, Brooks Kepka, Dustin Johnson, a legend like Phil Mickelson, to not have them competing every month on the PGA Tour was bad for the game of golf. Now, obviously helped the majors, because that's when you saw them uh, compete against the PGA guys, but at, at the end of the day, I, I don't know if we can all agree, but my belief is this is great for the game of golf because you now have the best players in a majority of the fields again. Yeah, I, mean, I think you if you take out the money, you take out all the bullshit, the, the blood money, the terrorist talk, the, the, as nasty as it all gets, like if you boil it all the way down to just the golf, obviously having all the best golfers together is in every tournament together is is better for golf. I don't think anyone in the world could argue that unless you really enjoyed like the breaks they got and then meeting up for the masters. But that has to be a huge piece of it is like I've said before, I'm just a guy who pretty much watches the majors, mm -hmm. uh, except maybe a few other ones, uh, a few other PGA tournaments, but those PGA tournaments have lost all interest to me with the live guys being out. Cause now the, the pool is so small. Yep. It's so diluted. I don't know the guys at all after I get outside the top five, pretty much. So they had to be getting crushed on their non-major tournaments. Yep. I, I feel like they had to just lose so much mm -hmm. from what they used to have. But I did find the letter that J Jay Monahan sent to all the players today. Um, so it says, PGA Tour members, today is a monumentous day for your organization, the game of golf as a whole. The PGA Tour, your tour, is leading the formation of a new commercial entity to unify golf, one that sees the end of the disruption and distraction that has divided the men's professional game for the better part of three years. Through a framework agreement, the Public Investment Fund, PIF, is contributing its golf-related commercial businesses and rights, including Live Golf, along with a significant financial investment toward minority equity ownership of a new collectively held for-profit LLC. So, obviously, for-profit's like a key word in there. I had no fucking clue the PGA was a nonprofit. I had no idea Me either. Neither. It's so crazy. This new entity named TBD, so I thought that was kind of interesting, like... What's his name going to be? Right. Um, we'll also include the PGA Tour's commercial businesses rights as well as those of the DP World Tour. PGA Tour Incorporated will remain in place as a 501c6 uh, tax-exempt organization and retains administrative, administrative oversight of the PGA Tour, including the sanctioning of events, the administration of competition and rules, as well as other inside-the-ropes responsibilities. I remain as commissioner of the PGA Tour and Ed Hurley as PGA Tour Policy Board Chairman. PIF's Governor Yasir Al-Ramayan will join the PGA Tour Policy Board. Upon execution of definitive agreement, the Board of Directors will oversee and direct all the new golf's related commercial operations, business, and investments. Uh, this will include 
Al Ramayan as chairman and me as chief executive officer. The two of us will also be a part of the new entity entities executive committee, along with Ed and the PGA tour policy board member, Jimmy Dune, the PGA tour will appoint a majority of the board and hold a majority of the voting interest in the combined entity. So that's a big line there at the end. Mm -hmm. The PGA tour will appoint a majority of the board and hold a, my hold a majority voting interest in the combined entity. Um, so that's kind of what I was saying earlier is like, I kind of feel like we're going to, as far as the golf goes, it's going to resort very much to PGA as we know it. Um, so it says there, oh, and here's the scheduling part. There are many details to work through as we develop a definitive agreement, which will ultimately require PGA tour policy board approval. And I know you have many questions, some additional items to note in the meantime, Notably, today's announcement brings about an end to all pending litigation between the participating entities and prohibits any further recruitment of PGA Tour, DP World Tour, or Live Golf members. We will conduct a comprehensive evaluation of Live Golf and determine how best to integrate team golf into the professional game. The 2023 Live Golf schedule will continue as planned. We will work cooperatively to establish a fair and objective process for players who desire to reapply for membership with the PGA Tour or the DP World Tour following the completion of the 2023 season, consistent with each tour's policies. This is a complicated endeavor and one that will be guided by established PGA Tour rules and regulations. In addition to the financial investment in the new entity for equity stake, PIF will make a financial investment to become a premier corporate sponsor of the PGA Tour and DPA World Tour and other international tours. PIF will make an additional investment in the new entity that will allow us to build an even stronger and more robust commercial business together. PIF is committed to significant financial support toward causes that positively impact the game on a global basis. Might as well just finish it. There is much work to do to get us from a framework agreement to a definitive agreement. But one thing is obvious through this transformational agreement with the PIF's collaborative investment, the immeasurable strength of the PGA tours, history, legacy, and pro competitive model, not only remain intact, but it is supercharged for the future. Our game, our players, and our fans will no doubt benefit for years to come. I will be on site at the RBC Canadian Open later today and would like to invite all those to the field to a player meeting at 4 p.m. to help answer any questions you may have. Sincerely, Jay Monahan. And I think that got pushed to 9 p.m. Breaking news, got pushed to 9 p.m. I don't, I don't know if he's scared so, or what. So did I catch in there that the, the live players have to reapply to be in the PGA, which I don't really get because they're all together now. Right. right. Mm-hmm. So right. I don't understand that either. Maybe it has to do with the 501C. I bet the, you it's a fucking formality just to, yeah. like, you know, put the fucking succession dots on who, right. the, who their players are type deal. And did I also catch in there there was some whispers of team yeah. format? Yeah, we will, we will try. It basically says we will try to navigate how team golf can be worked into this. Really? Because... Do they I, mean I that? Like, like, do they yeah, even yeah. mean that? That's what I'm saying. Like, I like team golf, but I like it because you don't see it that often. You see it at the Zurich Classic, and you see it at the Ryder Cup, Cup. Yeah. Well, or and, the President's Cup. And, like, I mean, for a guy like me, you know, I don't know about golf trufer, truthers, truthers, but I, would, uh, I wouldn't I would mind seeing, like, a couple. Ter I, don't, I don't want the Masters to be that or something right. like that, and it never would. I just think this is just fucking PGA being like, let's end this nonsense. We want control back. We'll give you a board seat. Um, and then who knows, maybe Jay Monahan's wife was also tied up in a basement. Like we have no idea. <laughs> I got an idea. How about we spice up the rocket mortgage classic and make that a team event? There you go. Like that'd be fun. Maybe people would come then. Yeah. Those are the events that they need to start doing yes. that type of shit. 
I mean, they have so many events every year that I've never even heard of or know about. The only reason I know about Rocky Mortgage is because it's in our backyard. Right. But, you know, there's probably a bunch of them throughout the year. Like, fuck, I don't care. Make them play opposite hand for all I care. Right. Right. I, the, I guess the last question in this for you guys is like, what's, what's fair compensation, if it's even any compensation, for all these PGA Tour guys that stayed loyal? So you mentioned them earlier. Rom, JT, Morikawa. Rory, Scheffler, all these guys for, you know, forgave millions. I don't know how much these live guys actually got paid from what they signed on for, but they got paid some of it, I would imagine, up front, if not a lot of it up front. What does the PGA do or what should the PGA do to make it right for those who were loyal to them? I, I mean, if, if you want to just like answer it straight up, like just make up the difference. Like, right. you know, but then where do you draw the line at who is, who's one of those guys that is on the one side of the line where it's like, Hey, we'll break you off something for sticking around. And who is like, Hey, sorry, go fuck yourself. Uh, right. Uh, you well, know. everyone who got an offer, right. Right. I think would be my, mm-hmm. you know, and I doubt everyone on the PGA tour got right. an offer, but who knows? Maybe they fucking did. Well, right. a lot of them did but like, like even who's the Michigan state guy. Yeah. Uh, pivot, or uh, pivot, <laughs> uh, Pyatt, Pyatt. Yeah. Beavis? Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking Matt Wolf. You think that guy was good? You know? like, no, like, I don't. Pyatt got like, you know, I think his, if he came in dead last, he was getting 300,000 a, a round. I bet you a shitload of PGA guys got him that were in that same caliber. And it's like, they're never going to do that. They're never going to make up the difference. I mean, what? They're going to write Tiger Woods a check for 800 million? Like, no, they're never going to do this at all. I think everyone will get paid more. Um, I think what will happen is nothing will get ha- will happen. Right. I don't think I th- so I think either. they're just going to get they're gonna get a handshake. They're going to get paid more and they're going to get like a little hand job that says like, great. Right. You know, I think there is a little bit of a win scenario, maybe small, tiny for like Rory and those guys to just be like, I spoke out. I stood up. I thought I did what was right. Um, and I got fucked, uh, you know, and like, I think that's just how it goes. But at least he can always say like, I never joined that that blood league. Right. I guess that's something to stand on. Sure. And it is diminishing margins of return at some point with millions of dollars. Right. You know right. I mean? It's not like Rory's struggling to feed the fans. None of these guys are hurting. Yeah. You know, I think they, they sacrificed. And like you said, Frank, at the end of the day, it's going to make the game better. Like watching full swing, like thinking about how these guys have to travel, have to enter these tournaments. And if they get cut, it's not like you get your money back. It's not like you get your expenses reimbursed. Like, you're coming out of pocket to go to these events and you could make no money. Mm-hmm. So I could see changes like that where, hey, you might not get paid 300000 for coming in last, but I mean, give them can 20 you give racks. them 10 or 15 right. you're not, or you're 20? Not the, you're not in the red for right. the trip. Exactly. So I think ultimately it's going to help the game and the athletes as a whole, which, like you said, I think they can take pride in that. Mm-hmm. They stood on one side, Liv tried to yank them, but ultimately it made the PGA better because – they stood by it, but I agree with you. I think it's a hey, sorry, thanks for being We're loyal, sorry. and uh, <laughs> you'll you'll receive benefits after this merger. Yeah, here's a here's a USA flag. Buy one I, get I, one free. And I bet you, as we as the days go by and people start to dig into this, we're gonna find that perfect golfer who like truly could have benefited from live. You know, not like Rory obviously could have benefited. He could have made like hundred million, right? right? But he's got so many millions that mm-hmm. you know, diminishing margins return type deal. It's like there's going to be a golfer right in the middle there who's right on the cusp who like probably denied live because of his values and like what he thought it was good for PGA. Could have probably made like 
life-changing money, tripled his career earnings, decided not to, and now is, like, back at PGA and, like, just right. it all didn't fucking matter. I guarantee there's some golfers right on that line. Absolutely. Where they could have made big career earning jumps. Um, and I bet you the, it'll all come up in the next few days. They'll, yeah. They'll find those guys that we've never heard of. Yeah. Yeah. Last note about it. Um, oh. Yeah, yeah. Last is that note, what you're saying? Yeah, last okay, note yeah. about it is uh, that – I. I, what do you call it when it's on Truth Social? It's not a tweet, <laughs> is I it? I don't know, but but Truth Social, for those who don't know, is, is you know is Trump's social. And okay, dude, I didn't know that was his profile picture on there, and it is the funniest thing I've ever seen. Oh yeah, life. American flag with this face behind it. But <laughs> it's, it's have it, you guys been on Truth Social? No, I've never been. Yeah, I, I have don't no think idea it's a place I want to be. No, I don't know about that either. But <laughs> um, either way, from July eighteenth, twenty twenty two, this is Donald J. Trump's account. All the golfers that remain loyal, in quotations, to the very disloyal PGA in all of its different forms will pay a big price when the inevitable merger with Liv comes and you get nothing but a big thank you from PGA officials who are making millions of dollars a year. If you don't take the money now, you will get nothing after the merger takes place and only say how smart the original signees were. Good luck to all, and congratulations to really talented Cam Smith on his incredible win. Um, I mean, that's uh, hitting the that's nail it, on that's, the head. That's hitting a grand slam. <laughs> that's hitting a grand slam off the fucking DAC. Like that's an absolute. Just I'm, every word of that is. Uh, is, I mean, that is, guy knows business. I mean, you know? dude, yes. look at this. You can say what you want, but like he know if there's one thing he knows about, it's fucking business. I mean, yes. let's. So we're looking at this. Uh, this truth. This. I'm going to call it a truth. Yeah, okay. <laughs> he truth. He can't truth. say a tweet. Oh, he, he, truth. he had a truth. Dude, he truthed all over this app. He tossed a truth out yeah, there. Yeah, he did. So he tossed a truth, and like he's got he, he's got the word loyal in quotes. Perfect. He's got the word merger in all caps. Perfect. He's got a big thank you in quotations. Like, this thing is just perfect. People are saying it. I'm not saying it. They might be saying it. <laughs> and then he, he wrote millions of dollars, like state of Michigan, like the M and the D are capitalized. It's just, it's perfect. It's He just absolutely nailed it. And uh, I can guarantee you there is not a week of Donald Trump's life that he will not talk about. That's probably that. framed in his fucking house. <laughs> oh, that's the is. orange bomber. Every time he's on a golf course, just getting, you know, fucking jerked off by Pulling everyone. Pulling up saying to the green yeah. right yeah. next yeah. to yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Dude, yes. He's going to have that fucking mowed into the lawns, that truth, that tweet. Crazy. Um, so, yeah, that was mind-blowing. And I'm really, like, I feel like the story is just starting. Like, we just talked for, um, you know, a good amount of time on it. Uh, I just... I think this thing is there's so much more that's going to develop and it's just going to get fucking crazy. Yeah. It really it's just the beginning. We have maybe 10% of the details right now. There's yeah. a lot of dirt in there that we don't know yet. Yep. I mean outside of just like Tiger Woods like blowing up the scene of golf, like this has to be the most that golf has ever been yes. in, in the headlines and talked about yes. like whatever you want to say, it's chaos, it's a shitstorm, but it's it's the number one headline, arguably the biggest news in golf. Well, it's uh, like in, in a long I'm time. I'm thinking about it. Like if they're a business now, like how much more production is going to go into, you know what I mean? Like the NFL's production is what makes the NFL, the NFL between fantasy football, DFS, red zone, mm -hmm. all that makes it the production. 
You know, it's like wrestling. Mm-hmm. We always laugh about wrestling. Wrestling's one of the biggest productions, yeah. which is why it's so successful. Like, that's what I'm excited to see. What, Where are they going to put this money, and how are they going to help grow the game from not just a grow the game, let's do lessons, let's get the youth involved. Like, what can you do to modernize the game a little bit more? Mm-hmm. Get this next generation involved with technology, with distribution, with marketing, with whatever it is on the business side, I think they're going to benefit greatly from this. And and I I hope you're right, Janie. I really do. I just, uh, you know, I hope it's not just the exact same thing and the money's just going to, like, the players or executives and, like, whatever else the fuck it is. Well, I hope they learn something by this, like, hey, we can't fuck this up again. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Well, they just, like, they had their first taste of competition and just, like, folded. Folded. (laughs) quick yeah yeah um well fuck very interesting stuff um any other any other notes there dude i can't this donald trump picture is so funny to me it's like it's like his face is painted yeah with the american flag it's like on a quarter <laughs> i could see him using like quarters with his own face on it right. like his own trump currency like at mar-a-lago or something He's just got the best truths out there, dude. Yeah, dude, he just, he's truthing. <laughs> truth and love oh, and right. Truth, he, dude, he was truthing so hard back when he wrote that truth. Um, all right. I'm going to kick it over to Channy for NBA Finals. Yes, NBA Finals 1-1 series, game two tomorrow. Listeners, it'll be today for you uh, on Wednesday. Um, we watched the game Thursday. Looked like Denver was going to run away, sweep it. Then you watch game two. Denver for three quarters of the game looks like they're just going to roll cruise maximum five game series and the heat, the grinders led by sharpshooter turned slasher Duncan Robinson pulls an unreal comeback in the fourth one, one going back to South beach. Um, Lou, I kind of want to get your take on it because when we watched it together on Thursday, we were kind of like, shit, this is lopsided. Like it was a, there was a blowout. Most of it. the talent gap. You could see it. Obviously, um, this is a shitty finals. And then they, they pull the rug out from us on game two. So what's your take through the first two games? And what do you expect to see here? The next, or I guess the rest of the series. I mean, you know, I think that that 10 day period of Denver sitting around that never works out well for anyone. You know, you think True. like you're getting all this rest and you're hanging around, but it's like, the guys you're, you're, that are coming in from Miami, they've been balling for the last fucking two weeks. Yep. They're not sitting around. They're not practicing. You know, like, they're dialed in. They're ready to go. And, it's like and too much time to think. A hundred percent. And it just care. It's almost like my golf round on Monday. I, you know? Like, I was up. actually just thinking about golf, honestly. Like, if I go up, take five practice swings, I think about it, think about it, think about it, I'm going to fucking ricochet it sideways. Yep, you right. Know? You go shotgun a beer, take a swing at it, it's probably going on the green. Yeah. Buddy. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but, yeah, I mean, Miami is definitely going to make it a series, I think, going forward. I think that Denver got slapped in the face in game two where they thought that they were what everyone else was thinking, that they were going to run away with it. Yep. And the tides turned in the fourth quarter. I think, I want to say they pulled a lot of their starters in the third, Denver, and they were kind of like, all right, let's get there. You know, we're going to win this game. And Miami just didn't give up, and they came back in, in the fourth and ended up winning it with Duncan. And, hey, I think it's going to be a series, but I, I do still think that Denver wins this thing in, in seven. Yeah. I still like the Nuggets in seven. I'd be surprised if it even goes seven still. Um, I wouldn't be shocked if they take both in Miami. I really wouldn't. Miami hasn't been the best home team this playoffs. 
Um, so I really wouldn't be surprised if Denver takes both of them. I'm predicting their minimum one. I'm still staying with Denver in five. I think they're going to win the next three. I think there's just too big of a talent gap. But it brought me to, to wondering, like, Miami lost their first playing game three minutes away from losing their, their getting out of the playoffs. I know you guys aren't the biggest NBA fan, so I'm going to open this question up. If Miami wins the championship, is it the best professional championship run slash biggest upset that you can remember in any sport? Um, well, LA, LA Kings eighth seed was pretty fucking insane. Mm-hmm. They came out of nowhere. That was a first championship for LA, which yep. was fucking nuts for hockey. Gretzky never won a championship there. So obviously my head goes to hockey, but the caveat there is that happens. That's more likely to happen in the game of hockey. Sure. Quick was the hottest goalie in the NHL. If you, you can't win, if you don't score, yep. you know, goalie's a little bit of a cheat code, just like a pitcher and baseball type deal. So that's the first thing that came to mind for me. If you're comparing it to the NBA, it's almost like, it's almost a non-question, right? If they're able to win this one, it, it, because it's, it's got to be. They expanded the playoffs. No eighth seeds ever won it, ever, right? And, and they expanded only, in '84, and only two have been to the finals. Correct. Yeah, and one was a lockout season, I believe. It, yeah, it was the Knicks. Yeah, Frankie Hoops checking in. Uh, What's it, up? It was the Knicks. They only played like thirty games, not thirty, but like it, it was like a half 40 season. Games. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I think it's the biggest upset in NBA history. And it could arguably be the biggest upset in in all of sports from a championship run perspective. Well, obviously, you know, you you all everyone always thinks of like Miracle on Ice and things like that, but it's a different structure tournament. So I'm I'm thinking more of like the professional realm yep. and, and runs exactly. towards it. You know, uh, you, you, what was what was like Boston when they broke the streak? You know, they came back. I mean, that was more so because they got down to New York, though. Yeah, that's right. And you they know. were a talented team, like. Miami going into the playoffs was without two out of their four best players. Oladipo, Hero got hurt in the first round, so I guess not going into the playoffs. They were basically running on the back of Bam and Jimmy. Now you're seeing guys like Caleb Martin, Duncan Robinson's resurgence. Both undrafted. Both undrafted. Gabe Vincent, undrafted. undrafted. I mean, this is the biggest. Cody Zeller. You remember Cody Zeller? The old Tar Heel, right? No, that was, uh, was that Tyler Zeller? I don't know. One okay. was Indiana. One was oh yeah, you're right. Indiana. You're, one was Indiana. One was North Carolina. They were the Zeller brothers. But nonetheless, I mean, they weren't. You've seen talented teams underperform or get behind and make great runs. This team is not a top three talented team in the East. Yeah. Not 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 even. I wouldn't say not close, but they're probably fourth or fifth. I was going to say maybe not top five. Yeah, in yeah. the East as far as talent goes on paper. And they're making an incredible run. And again, I just can't reiterate enough. They were down to the Bulls by three with three yeah, minutes left they're at dead. home in the play-in game. And they somehow pulled that out. And now here they are. And they were lulled to sleep in game two. Or Denver lulled themselves yep. to sleep, if you will. And then it was just uh, the heat punched back right at the end. And even up until that last shot, I thought Denver was going to tie it and win it in overtime. So, I. Uh, what I hope is true is that, you know, I predicted a seven-game series. I said the Heat had some fight in them. They just got that dog, um, and I was hoping that it would go seven. But I could I could absolutely see what you see, Chandler, as in, like, we fell – as Denver, we fell asleep. We, we, we let them get back in the game. They should never beat us. We are the better team. They let's should, wake they up should absolutely never beat them. And, like, let's just, let's just pop off three here and win this championship. Um, yeah. 
So, and what about that final shot? Did you guys, were you guys surprised that Denver, that final shot from Denver, you know, was that who should be taking it? Yeah. I mean, it's always, that to me is always like one of those things where it's like, everyone's like, LeBron always got it. Yeah. Why isn't he taking the final shot? Why isn't he taking the final shot? And it's like when they call fouls on the last play, just call the foul, take mm-hmm. the best shot. Mm-hmm. It you, you don't, you don't let someone hammer somebody and not call a foul because it's the last play of the game. Mm-hmm. Call the foul if it's a foul. Take the best shot. Should the should the Heat have fouled? No, no. What I, what, I know, but like, should the Heat have fouled? Because it mean, was a three point game. I was thinking of the Izzo. Thing. I know. I I was thinking that, but you don't see that as much in the NBA as you do in college. Okay. So I'm saying no. They shouldn't have fouled there. My thing is just you take the best shot at that time. And to me, you're all NBA players. You're on a championship team. And you're there for a reason. You know they're going to zero in on Jokic. Exactly. You know they're going to zero in on Jamal Murray. That's going to leave a guy open at that point in time. You take the best shot and you live with it yeah. at the end of the day. It's just to me, just watching Jokic again. You know, a guy who doesn't watch a ton of NBA watching the finals now. It's just uh, he doesn't have to like he could be completely covered and yeah. he doesn't even have to jump to shoot a three pointer over somebody. I mean, like, he, he, it looks so weird to me when it, he's shooting. It looks like he plays at lifetime. Yeah. And he's, he's kind of a gump. But is that what Darko was supposed to be? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. He was supposed to be that. <laughs> I think he has the one of the best assists I've ever seen when he did that hook shot that into the sad. alley-oop. Like, that, that's unstoppable. Yeah. That, that, that cannot be stopped because no one that's not guarding him thinks that that hook shot is a pass. Yeah. They all think that that's a shot on right. that. So. And you can't cover them both. Nope. Um, well, I'm glad they punched back. It's going to be so fucking crazy in Miami. Yes. It's going to be bonkers. Yep. And last note here, a question for you guys. Uh, Spolstra, I mean, he's like, he's Hall of Fame. I mean, just by being where he is right now. Yep. Um, I think I mentioned this last time we were on the show, but like, you know, when he got the heat, it was kind of a, you know, it was like, oh, well, he's got the heat. Who is this guy? He's young. Who cares? And now he's like, oh, you're, you're the real deal. Yep. Yeah. He's the second best coach of this millennium. Now, obviously, you know, Phil Jackson was at the start, but I don't count him. Pop. It's Popovich and then it's Spolstra. Yeah. Well, hey, I should ask you, we don't even on the sheet, but fuck, I mean, we hired Monty Williams. We did. We hired Monty yeah. Williams. Can you Avoided guys... Kevin Ali. Yeah. Yeah. God. And, and it seems like Goris, Gores did not take no for an answer. Nope. I, the, the rumor was he turned it down and then he went back and offered Two him. Two weeks this crazy amount of money, highest paid coach in the NBA. Is it professional sports? He's the highest paid coach. Uh, no, I can't, that can't be right. 13 and a half million. I, I don't know. He's making more than Popovich. So I, I, I know that. that. Um, I actually, I don't know. You could look that up, but I do know the timeline for it was they interviewed him. They said they really, well, he got fired. Uh, Monty got fired. They got on him right away. The Pistons were first ones on him. He said he wanted to take a year off from coaching the Pistons interviewed 12 different candidates, had a, a short list of 12. Obviously, we heard like Ali um, and a few other guys, I think like a Bucks assistant coach or something like that. They uh, basically were going through the list and said like, we hate all of these. Like, we don't want any of these. And Gore said, fuck it, put him on a private jet, uh, put me on a private jet. I forgot if he flew him into Detroit. I think, he, oh no, he lives in LA, whatever, who cares? Got him on a private jet, they got together. And I think he just kept, offering him money until he said yes. Um, and I know Pistons Nation was very excited about the hire. Should have known. Um, highest paid coaches are all in the NFL. Yeah, right. Yeah. Belichick, Sean Payton, 
Pete Carroll, Sean McVay, and then it would be Monty Williams. So he's a top five paid coach in, the in NFL. all of professional sports. In all professional sports, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So, what do great, soccer coaches make? Um, I, you know, soccer is. I think they make good money, but they don't last. Yeah, gotcha. I, I, I think they're three to four year jobs, and if they have a bad season, like yeah. there's no leash. Yeah, like it's less of a leash than the NFL. That's another player run league. Yes, yeah. you know. Yeah. So, um, but all in all, unreal signing. Like this is an eleven out of ten for the Pistons. This has always been the top coach this offseason that's available. They got him. He's developed players in New Orleans when he was there, when Chris Paul was there. He developed Devin Booker, DeAndre Ayton, Mikel Bridges, Cam Johnson in Phoenix. And now he comes to Detroit with a young nucleus of Cade Cunningham, Jaden Ivey, Jalen Duren. I mean, this is an absolute home run. And we've been saying the past month or two, it's, Lions, probably Red Wings, Tigers, and then a distant fourth is the Pistons. Mm -hmm. This keeps them in the fourth slot as far as the rebuild goes, but it moves that gap up a lot closer to the Tigers than what we were saying the last month or two. This is a coach that's going to take us to the playoffs next year. Wow. This is a coach that within five years, I believe, will not only take us to an Eastern Conference Finals, but we will be playing in an NBA Finals. Oh, my God. Wow. Channy, I fucking love it. I love it. to hear it. wasn't even on the fucking sheet. Hey, right? <laughs> I love to hear it. Now, whether we win, I, I can't predict that. How many but, games? I'm just yeah, kidding. exactly. <laughs> What's but, our record? Yeah. Dude, I, yeah. I think that highly of Monty Williams. I did. Yeah, that's amazing. I know, I know. like I said, Pistons Nation was going fucking crazy. A lot of people are saying, um, like, we might even get Booker to come here because I know he wanted. He grew up loving the Pistons and obviously loves Monty and all that. I don't know how it would work with trades and all that stuff, but um, people are talking. Yeah. People. They're in the news. Yeah. Um, I feel like I had one more thing to add about the Pistons and all of this, but um, I forgot. So, that's amazing. I didn't know you felt that great about the, the coach. Oh, I know what it was. Gores. Uh, doesn't do a lot, right? Doesn't mm-hmm. seem like he's in the headlines a lot. But I want to just take a little trip down memory lane. He shows up when it's time for a coaching change. Mm-hmm. Big time. Uh, Stan Van Gundy hired him to be head coach and president of basketball operations. That was a big splash, a big name. He was going to go to, like, the Clippers or something? Yep. Or he, yeah. He was going to go somewhere else, and he came here. That was a big – and Goris was, like, all over that. Number two – uh, Dwayne Casey was coach of the year, fired by Atlanta Hawks. Uh, Toronto. Oh, it was Toronto? Yeah, Toronto Raptors. Oh, okay, mixed that one up. Uh, and uh, <laughs> he was, like, all over that and said, like, that's who I want, went and got him, yep. very involved in the process, and now he's doing it a third time. So I hope this one works, but I think it's kind of interesting. I feel like he doesn't, he doesn't like, do anything hands-on with basketball. When it's time to pick that coach, he's, like, right on top yep. of it. Yep, exactly. This is a make-or-break year for the Pistons in a sense of Troy Weaver's got to show that these young players can actually do it because if not, I think his time is running out here in Detroit. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, let's move to the Cup Finals, Stanley Cup Finals. Uh, Another Florida team, this one not doing what the Heat is doing, but interesting point here, they swept in the round before. They had the 10 days of rest. Mm -hmm. They had a ton of rest. They have looked flat versus Vegas. Um, It's been embarrassing. It's been sad. It's got to be very deflating for Florida fans Um, and even someone who's been following this tight. Boring couple of games, not close. Last night was an absolute shit-kicking by Vegas. Uh, That had to suck, and 
it sucks for me. I do not want – I'm not ready. It's becoming real now that Vegas is up 2 nothing. I'm not ready for Vegas to win the cup. They look good, too. They like, look really good. They're fucking full steam ahead. But I was getting, like, angry at them and Gary Bettman. I was having this, like, I don't care about expansion. New teams are fine. The game, everyone can play. I don't know. They've been in the league, like, five fucking years. They have, they have <laughs> the ugliest fucking jerseys in the NFL. I'm sick of pretending like those aren't ugly. They're terrible. Their pregame shows are like a gimmick to hockey. They're not fun anymore. I'm mad. I'm not ready for them to win. They <laughs> can get, feel they, get, they can get close. That was fine. They got close and Washington beat them. I was fine with that. But Florida needs to punch back. They need to fucking punch back. They have to have this fight in them. They made the finals last in 96, and they got swept by Colorado the same way fucking Vegas is doing it to them right now. That needs to change. Yeah. And you could see Florida's trying to bruise up a little bit towards the end, like to Chuck laid out. Got hit Eichel fucking smoked them. There's a lot of scuffles going on. But, I mean, Vegas is like they're going after to Chuck. They're fucking ragdolling him. They have to do it, and they have to win this next one in Florida. Like, no questions asked or they're, they're fucked. They're cracking Bob, too. Um, yeah. You know, dude, I actually so the Kachuk hit was awesome. Bucket pops off that's a four nothing game he's still working i'm just such a kachuk slappy yeah but uh did you see eichel's interview after no what'd he say i got it was pretty great like he got popped it was a clean hit blah 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 they like asked him how he felt about it or something like that and he was just like hockey's a physical game i got my bell rung it's the stanley cup finals like you just get up and you keep playing that's what hockey is and it was like yeah perfect we're up fucking 2-0 in the stanley cup that's how i'm feeling that's how i'm fucking you know like yeah i got my bell rung because i'm in the fucking nhl and it's the fine it's the ultimate prize like i just i love that answer it wasn't like not that a lot of players give shitty answers but like every fucking big hit better than the jamie ben response well yeah (laughs) yeah but, like, I feel like every big hit in the NHL now, like, everyone's assholes pucker and, like, there's fines handed out and there's a review and, like, and, and some of them deserve them. But that one was just a fucking head down over the middle hit. What, like, so I watched the game yesterday and I saw that hit live. I feel like Eichel launched himself. Did you see how, like, he almost, like, supermaned into Kachuk? Like, I don't know if he was in between strides or not, but I felt like he was, like, diving forward into the hit. He was probably leaning forward to pick up speed. Yeah, you know, that like could he, be he, it. Because he just caught the pass, and, like, he was probably looking to, like, He was trying to buzz. Up. Yeah, yeah. And, and he just, I mean, you know. So you guys are hockey guys. I'm not. You see, like, scrums at after the whistle at the end of the games, the final horn, and, like, there's a big scrum behind the net. This was obviously during play. Big hit. They were down 4 nothing at that point. They're obviously getting their asses beat in the finals. Like, how much does that do for you as a hockey team? Seeing that a it's your captain, right? Mm-hmm. Kachuk's your captain, and B assistant, but yeah. assistant, yeah. and B he's laying the wood when really you're not playing for anything in that game at that point. Like, what does that do for you going into game three uh, with a play like that? I mean, I like to see it. Mm-hmm. I mean, I just like to see it. You know, they didn't. He wasn't rolling over and dying. Um, but at the end of the day, you're still down two nothing and. And Vegas would go on to score three more goals in that game from that point. Yep. Um, so if you're really like grasping for straws, yeah, you like the hit. Like positives, right? Kachuk, you're trying to make something happen. Yeah, you're trying you're, to change momentum. Yeah. Like, right. And you're going back home. And, you know, the NHL series, the, the rule is like the series doesn't start until the home team loses a game. Yep. And we haven't had that yet. And I'm going to say right now, without a doubt, I'm putting money on Florida to win the next two games absolutely they're going to tie this series i have to believe they have fight in them if they go back to florida and they lose this game three like it'll be such a tragedy for like 
this story they've put together, they need to to absolutely set the tone. Game three, play loose, play hard in front of that home crowd, and I'm going to guarantee they win the next two games. And then we're just going to have a reset of the series. Can I can I request something? Yeah. All right. So last episode we picked our predictions. Mm-hmm. You guys were both on the Panthers. Yeah, you I said Vegas in five. Five. Right? Yeah, you did. Okay. So if Vegas does in fact win in five, mm-hmm. you will call me Channy Fast Hands the whole <laughs> the whole fizz the next episode. That's yeah, that's tough, but I will because because it won't happen because I know it can't even be in four. Listen, it can't even be a sweep. It has to be in five. five. Okay, so you like need the Panthers to win one. Yes, yeah. I need the Panthers to win one, Got and it. I'm Channy Fast Hands fine. for the next fizz. That's fine. Oh, that's, okay. That's fine. I'll, I like I'll it. I like it. I know. I know. The Panthers are winning the next two games. Mark it down. Write it down. Bet the house on it. Bet your house on it. Just kidding. Don't take gambling advice from me. But That's coming from Frankie Fast Hands. (laughs) That's Frankie Fast Hands. The original Fast Hands. And I'll tell you what. I'm I'm looking at the line right now. Vegas is not Vegas, the actual Vegas, not the Golden Knights. They are not that confident in Florida winning this next game. They're only minus 120. I know. (laughs) I know. So they think that they are in trouble. And I will tell you, uh, I just got distracted. I was placing the bet on Florida for game two because they were like a delicious 140. And I was like, oh, that's fucking juicy. And Vegas knew. I just didn't place the bet. I got lucky, got distracted, one of those. But um, Good. Yeah. Distractions work sometimes. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I texted you guys last night, and I didn't read that it auto-corrected, but do you see who rang the horn? To pump up the crowd before game one. So I had, no, I, I had no idea what your text said. Uh-huh. Was very confused. And then I saw the tweet. Were you talking about Devontae Adams? No. Oh, okay. Taffer. Oh, really? <laughs> no way. <laughs> yeah. <Barrasquitty>. yeah. <laughs> no way. Shut this place down. <laughs> he was probably critiquing it the whole time. He's like, this yeah. bell's not bringing in any revenue. That's why your wife left you. A fucking margarita's 40 bucks. <laughs> Shut the concessions down. <laughs> Did you see that that tweet that a yeah, mar- so- the margaritas there are $44? Holy And they're in a little 16-ounce cup. Dude, yeah. Oh, my God. Uh, don't all, even get a travel ice. mug. All ice. That's a sick joke. That's a fucking sick Highway. joke. Highway. Robbery. Yeah. You charge a 44 for a month. Uh, but yeah, Devontae Adams did it game two. I didn't see Taffer cranking yeah, the horn. Yeah, Taffer going. cranked it. At least that's what was showing on the preview leading up to the game yesterday. Taffer getting them going. That's fucking hilarious that they got, awesome. they got Taffer for the finals. Yeah. All right. Well, Panthers bite back. That's what I'm hoping. Um, sticking in the hockey realm, uh, some news that is somewhat, you know, close to home with the history. Uh, Babcock going to the Columbus Blue Jackets back in the NHL. I thought this guy was canceled from hockey forever. Um, Very surprising to see him make a return to the NHL and especially to a young team with a young core like Columbus. Um, As you guys might remember, Mike Babcock, uh, Detroit Red Wings coach for 10 years, won the Stanley Cup in 2008, took us to the finals in 2009. He is now 60 years old and hasn't worked in the NHL since 2019. He is 12th all-time in wins. He went 458, 223, and 105 with Detroit um, in 10 seasons. Now, once he got fired, after he left Detroit, he went to Toronto, and once he got uh, fired from Toronto, he got fired like 20 games into the season for a slow start. All of these, like, quote-unquote, horrible stories started to come out about him, about how he's like, 
a bully and he's really old school. So I just kind of want to revisit the situation with the Red Wings. So it says, after calling Babcock a great coach for his success on the ice, Johan Franzen, former Detroit Red Wing, the mule, said, he's a terrible person, the worst I've ever met. He's a bully who was attacking people. It, it could be a cleaner at the arena in Detroit or anybody. He would lay into people without any reason. Franzen confirmed to a news uh, outlet, a story first told on Spit and Chicklets podcast by Chris Chelios. He described an incident during a playoff game in Nashville when Babcock verbally abused Franzen. Chelios said Franzen had a nervous breakdown on both the bench and inside the locker room at Bridgestone Arena following the game. Franzen then said, I get shivers when I think about it, Franzen told the Swedish news outlet. That incident occurred against Nashville in the playoffs. It was coarse. It was nasty. It was shocking. It was, ju- But it was just one out of 100 things he did, tip of the iceberg. So take of that what you will. Uh, it sounds like Babcock was just a good Asshole. old-fashioned old prick. prick. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and I know that sounds horrible and probably in succession with what I'm going to say next is like, I don't, I don't have this burning hatred for Babcock. Really hard for me to hate a coach who won us a Stanley Cup. Right. Um, you know, a lot of people say he didn't do anything. Lindstrom was on that team. Zetterberg, Datsuk. Yeah, it was still a good team. He was still the fucking coach for 10 seasons, and he still doubled his win amount versus losses. Um, do I love him as much as Scotty Bowman? No. Absolutely not. Uh, do I, I didn't, completely I like, hate the guy? No. I feel like a lot of this stuff, too, didn't really come out till after he was out of Detroit. Yeah. So, like, I, I didn't really know that he was that type of guy when he was with us until he went to Toronto. Yeah. You know? And I know, like, a lot of jokes and things came out, but it's like you kind of have a prick coach, whatever, blah, blah, blah. And I'm, I'm going to mix up the two players, but I want to say it was Nyquist and Tatar, and I don't know who did it for who. But I know, or maybe Franzen did it for another player, but they bought, a Red Wings player bought another Red Wings player uh, a bedspread with Babcock all over it. Like the pillows had his face on it. The the comforter was his face. You know, it was like a screen printed Babcock bed layout. Fat head. And, and it was after he left Detroit and they gave it to him and were like, oh, I know you're going to miss him so much. And it was like a huge joke because it sounds like the guy he was, was a just, fucking just prick. a fucking prick. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, that's funny. Um, so yeah, I just thought that was interesting. And I just think it's really surprising by Columbus. You know, you have this kind of young new generation team and you're going to bring in like the 60-year-old, like, stickler, canceled guy, you know. Let's take a quick break here to honor one of our other sponsors, Wink. Wink is a non-alcoholic seltzer which blends the perfect mix of flavor, combination, THC, and CBD. Each mini 7.5-ounce can features 2.5 milligrams of THC and another 2.5 milligrams of CBD, offering a balanced, light, and social drink that's perfect for any day of the week. The flavors they come in are Lime Twist, Black Cherry Fizz, and Juicy Mango. As always, there's zero calories and zero sugar in each one of the flavors. Drink Wink. You'll be glad you did. What's this next quick hit? Did you just add it? I did, yeah. Did you see that about Matt Ishaba? No. Yeah, so Ishba? he, yeah, Ishba, Ishbia? he just Ishbia. recently, I want to say if it wasn't this week, it was last week, he cut ties with his NIL deals at Michigan State. So after the purchase of the Suns and the Mercury over in Phoenix, I guess that there's just too much money flowing around and that he he's like doing it on all like good terms is everything that I read, but he is pulling out um, United Wholesale as a NIL deal for the Spartans. Which... You know, obviously that hurts. And at the same time, MSU Athletics seems to he's the he's the leader. He's the spearhead of 
putting a lot of money into MSU athletics. And at the same time, there's still a lot of big donors at Michigan State. There's still a lot of people pumping money into the athletic program. And as long as he's still cutting that check for Mel Tucker and he's on the hook for over a quarter of it, that's all we can say at this point in time. We can thank him for his duties. He ponied up $30 million and it might not work out, but guess what? It's not going to hurt the university as much as if, if they ponied the whole thing up themselves. Yeah, and it does say, um, you know, I'm just reading here. I know I've been reading a lot to you guys today, but, like, um, you know, so that NIL deal that he is losing, he was giving men's basketball, football, and volleyball players a chance to earn up to $700 a month. Yep. Fuck, that would that would have been nice while we were there. Right. My God. <laughs> I would have felt like a millionaire. Yeah, uh, king at Rex. Dude. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. As opposed to us, like, who's buying Being the pint? Being a sewer rat buying the pint, yeah. Because I have no money. Um, Eating hot dogs every day. My computer. Drinking just, black velvet. Oh, yeah. Rich and, rich and rare, dude. Uh, team wild deal. Yeah, but apparently they... As an owner of two professional sports teams, it was asked that Matt and UWM discontinue the partnership. Um, I guess it just kind of sucks. It's just one of those kick them while we're down. I just, yeah, I just am like waiting for a good headline out of state. I mean, basketball, I guess, has had some okay ones, but yeah, yeah, but but football just, you know, it just seems nothing good coming out of the football. And since we're just trashing football right now, I just, I was so angered by this post from fucking Mel. Phase two four, dude. So (laughs) he's got another fucking new hashtag. So he takes this picture. He's got the the neon green beaming lights. Talking about Mel Tucker here. What's your beef with the bucket hat? Dude, so everyone, God, I hate the fucking internet. Like, I have no problems with bucket hats. Like, there's pictures of me at Lions games. I wear a bucket hat. I have no problem with bucket hats. Bucky hats are great. Glad that's confirmed. Get on truth. It's different there. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Spit some truth. I just, he looks like an idiot, okay? He can wear that Bucky if he goes 11 and 2 again. You don't get the Bucky. You don't get the fucking beaming lights behind you. You don't get the hashtags when when we're this bad and you're recruiting nobody. So to me, he just looks like yeah, you're cho- it's Chandler chopping. I just can't look at it. I j- and all I think of is like fucking Saban, and it's like you don't see him with like a Bucky like Phase Two X Nine One. He like, wears I- that one though. Saban wears that like straw hat. Yeah, yeah you ever he does. seen him in that? That's fine. He could wear a clown nose. Oh, oh yeah, it doesn't fucking matter. He could, he could come out in whitey tighties and long white socks. And, and, I, and maybe it is. I'm just mad at him right now, and everything he does looks stupid to me. But I just thought he looked dumb with the bucket hat and the neon lights and like the four fucking hashtags. He had Phase Twenty Four, uh, SD Four L, Next Chapter or something, and then uh, well, I'm missing one. I'm miss- oh, Relentless. Relentless. relentless yes. yes. I just need you to think of one thing during a time like this, Frank. What? Yeah, I'll keep chopping. And think about that water, yeah. how deep it is. Yeah. Cold down and there. Drag them, drag them in the deep Keep chopping, water. Frank. Yeah, we'll take keep them behind chopping. the woodshed to keep chopping to drag them in the deep water because we're relentless and we have a bunch <laughs> of Spartan dogs for life. I can't handle it. You got them. You got yeah. them all covered. I'm looking forward to this season. I think we're going <laughs> to shock some people. I really do. We have Ohio State. Like, it's the only thing on TV. Like, I just. Yeah, and then we have Penn State <laughs> at fucking Ford Field. Yeah, we have we have Ohio State in primetime too, right? Yep. Yeah, that'll be good. On the road, in the mm. shoe. <sighs> Penn State right. last game of the year too. It's like we uh, do better yeah. when we have no expectations. I do agree with that. So that's what we're going into this year. I do before we, we get into the Tigers, I do want to do breaking news. Uh, our buddy R Smooth just updated me on this. Um, hottest team in the MLB, Texas Rangers, lose their ace, Jacob DeGrom, for the year. 
to Tommy John surgery. So um, that's a huge loss for them. Texas is 39 and 20 right now. The hottest team in baseball. DeGrom was one of the biggest free agent signings this offseason. And he just announced he is out for the year with Tommy John, which could affect the entirety of his 2024 season, depending on how long it heals. So that's uh, big news. And it kind of ties in with our local team here because, well, everyone on our team's getting hurt from Matt Veerling to Rod Erod to Riley Green, who got hurt just minutes after we stopped uh, recording last week. Um, What made me a little nervous is that Riley Green originally had a stress fracture in his leg. Is this from last year? Last year's? Because he was injured last year. He was injured. I don't think this, it was the same thing. Okay. What is related is that Cade Cunningham had a stress fracture in his shin this year and missed the entirety of the basketball season. Now, since then, it's been reclassified as a stress reaction. Mm-hmm. I can't remember from my pre-med classes yeah. what the <laughs> difference all, the, all those classes you stress had? Stress reaction. I have a lot of stress reactions just like throughout the week. <laughs> yeah. What the hell is that? I took first aid. You know, I'll figure it out for you guys. <laughs> yeah, so... Riley Green, big blow. He was actually coming into his own, batting above 280. He was by far the Tigers' best player this year. Gets out. We really don't know what's going on, how long it's going to keep him out, how serious it is or isn't. Um, But a big blow to the Tigers for that. And they have also dropped four cents and are reverting to the mean, along with their second-highest-paid player, Javier Baez, who is also reverting to the mean and swinging at sliders outside of the left-handed batter box. Uh, you guys see the screen grab? It, yes. It's, it is absolutely insane. If, if you guys are listening to this, just pop on Twitter, type in Baez. It's going to be everywhere. He swung at a pitch that you only swing at in video games when you're playing <laughs> your little brother. The theory I saw is that, and, and maybe it's wrong, like someone earlier today was saying that they think that it was 0-2 and he was so frustrated that he just wanted to to get out of the box, that he was swinging at that pitch no matter what. Like, it was a frustration swing. Like, I'm just fucking swinging at this point in time. And he determined that .1 seconds after the, it left the guy's hand. Well, that's a, that's a crazy theory because he's paid millions of dollars to to not do that. Right. To, but, to I, You're frustrated? Right. I don't know. That, that pitch was eight feet outside. It was almost a wild pitch. It's a crazy theory, and at the same time, he's done it before. <laughs> yeah, I know. So, like, if That's you're not, if That's you're not <laughs> what's worse, that you're doing it on purpose or that you're not and you're that shitty? I don't know. I think I, he doesn't know anymore. I don't have an answer. <laughs> I just, it's, it is actually hilarious. But, yeah, the Tigers got within one game of first place, one game of 500. Everyone got injured. Bias swings at Pitches 10 feet outside, and now we suck again. We're terrible. And this is why we go back to last week where we said, just sell at the deadline. Yep. <laughs> this ain't the year. Yeah. Get what you can. Keep rebuilding the minor league system. Let Scott Harris work. It's not the year. It's fun. All I wanted was us to be in contention until the All-Star break, and then anything can happen. But um, just kind of disheartening that it was Riley Green. If Erod gets hurt, if – a veteran gets hurt. Anyone. Hey, that's one thing. Honestly, you anyone. know what? But we need to see Riley Green. We need to see Torque, and we need to see some of these young arms progress this year. And just to have Riley Green out indefinitely right now, um, that's really going to hurt 
much like Cade being out this year hurt the Pistons. Not that they were going to do anything anyway. Yeah, and it's probably, I mean, I know the last article I read, they're like, some guy was like, you know, the Tiger, it was right when they were one game out of first and below 500. Uh, he just wrote like, you know, this Tiger seems kind of exciting. There's surprises to people. I still strongly believe they're going to finish fourth in division. And I was like, man, fuck this guy. And now I'm like, all right, yeah, he's probably right. I mean, we, we were talking about it last time too. It's like, yeah, we, we beat all the cupcakes on our schedule. Well, now we lost the last five. We're losing right now to the Phillies. Yep. Beat out by the Sox the series before that. They're going to do something stupid though. You know, they'll win like, They'll win like seven of ten or something, and then they'll get close again. And we'll maybe be they will Maybe it was fall. Yeah, maybe it was fall. Remember, we did it with the Red Wings, and I think I led the charge. You totally. And did. we also did it with the Tigers. We started looking at the schedule, <laughs> counting series wins. Dude, the Red Wings one. Was, oh my god, was that was in shambles because we were all like horny for it, and I was like, if they. It was kind of wild because you asked me what they had to do, and I was like, they have to win like five of six, or they have to go on like a run. Right. They did exactly that. They went on like five or six, and then it was like huge series versus Ottawa, back-to-back, on the road. We're dead nuts even with them fighting for the eighth seed. We were recording, and by the time we all got in our cars, it was like already 3 nothing Ottawa in the first three minutes. <laughs> and then they got proceeded to get shit pumped by the other Kachuk. That was good stuff. Oh, and then and then Eisenman traded everyone. <laughs> the Fizz curse. Yeah. Seri- well, it's truly the Champagne Athletics curse because it started in 2017, January 1st, 2017. We've played in one playoff series since the the Champagne Athletics has started. Rebrand wow. it. Yeah. Should I just shut it down? <laughs> uh, yeah. It was the Pistons series where we lost four straight to the Bucks. That was it. Rebrand it. Yeah. Let's rebrand it. Let's just rebrand it. All right, who wants to talk about Florida Gators? And then we'll do over-under. Florida Gators Netflix series. Uh, hot news trending on Twitter. I think it was trending on Truth Social, too. Um, Florida <laughs> Gators, 2006 to 2009. Rumor has it that Netflix is going to do a short series on that. Um, a lot of people have said they should do this because of all the characters on that team. I agree 100%. Being a Tebow fanboy, I am so ready for this. I know that's probably not going to be the premise of the show. Maybe it's going to be like the good image with the bad behind the image. Um, but I'm just interested. One of the most talented teams in our lifetime was the 2008 Gators. Just looking down this list, 2008 Florida Gators. This is the year Tebow made the speech. You can never see a team play harder. You're going to never, all right, whatever he said after that. That's all I remember. He looked like he had blood all over yes. him. Yeah. Yes. So that that team, 2008, they ended up beating Oklahoma in the national title, featured Tim Tebow, Riley Cooper, Percy Harvin, Marquise and Maurice Pouncey, or Mike and Marquise Pouncey, Joe Hayden, Major Wright, Brandon Spikes, Cam Newton, and Aaron Hernandez. Janoris Jenkins. Janoris Jenkins was also on there, but I think he was in and out of Cam was backing up Tebow, man. That's wild. Yes. <laughs> yeah. All, it's it's so crazy, too. I'm, I'm jacked for this 30 for 30. There's there's too many good guys, like, in it, and it's like they're all led by Tim Tebow, supposedly this good churchgoer, happy-go-lucky, and the rest is straight convicts. And then you got Urban Meyer, the oh, king slime ball. That is like what you I was know? waiting for is the Urban Meyer. It's like you have holier than thou, truly, Tim Tebow. And then he's being led by like the devil himself. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be awesome. It's going to be hard to fuck this one up. So Netflix, if you're listening, 
Make sure you tune in and fucking get this right. I'm, uh, I'm ready for it. Yeah, and I mean, dude, Percy Harvin was like a fucking nut. Oh, he, and remember how sick he was? Yes. Urban Meyer talked about him like he was Barry Sanders. Yes. Like, he was an absolute freak. Uh-huh. So they, they were loaded everywhere. I mean, I said it earlier, like, probably other than, you know, 2001 Miami was absolutely stacked. Their third running back was Frank Gore, mm-hmm. you know. So that's an all-time team. But I can't think of many more talented teams than that Florida team. They may not have been the most dominant. They may not have been the best, although they were very dominant and very good. Um, but I just think of all the names I just rang off, like some of these recent Saban Alabama teams. I was going to say, there's that would be the only one would be Bama that would come um, to mind. But they haven't put together, like, their careers aren't ended yet. And, like, obviously the spice of this one is, like, pretty sure Percy Harvin got suspended 25 times and kicked out of league. Or yep. Urban yeah. Meyer's been kicked out of the fucking Aaron league. Hernandez. Aaron Hernandez. You know, Don't have to say anything about that. <laughs> Iced a guy. Right. <laughs> right. Exactly. So, you know, it's just going to be interesting to see the dynamic, the behind the scene of how that team operated. Um, and uh, it's always an exciting one. Always an exciting one. And by the way, did you guys catch the American Gladiators 30 for 30? Fuck, no, I didn't. I actually Watch just, I, I watched the first How episode. Okay. Yeah, yeah. It? It's actually pretty good, to be honest it is. with There's you. a lot of stuff that, like, I had no idea about. Yeah. It's, it's two a, scoop? Yeah, it's, two scoops the man. Dude, <laughs> it's a very behind-the-scenes look, and, like, basically, it's a he said, she said between the owner and then between the actual Gladiators. Okay. The owner's... From the stance of, hey, I gave these guys an opportunity. They were making, you know, pretty good money for what they were doing. The gladiators were like, listen, we were getting the shit kicked out of us mm-hmm. and getting paid twenty five grand in the middle of the nineties, right. which isn't bad, but isn't good. They were taping six days a week, oh. two shows a day. Okay, and I'll be honest, That's a lot of the days. gladiators they don't look like they're doing great right now. Oh, no, 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 <laughs> they don't look like they are no, doing too well. No, that shocks sir. me. Yeah, no, it, sir. <laughs> half of them look like Dog the Bounty Hunter now. Oh Straight up, was that Malibu? Yeah, Malibu yeah. <laughs> <laughs> looks like he's living in a trailer oh, God, right now. Yeah, guys. He's dead, dude. <laughs> um, it's pretty crazy, too, that, that it was actually pitched as a movie first called American Gladiators. And then it, like, he was out there. I forgot the name of the the main guy who Jimmy, created it. Yeah, Jimmy something. Jimmy something. And he moved out to L.A. and he pitched this movie out of American Gladiators for, like, six years. And it went nowhere. And then, of course, he had this one final meeting. And the guy's like, no, this is a TV show. Really? And then it just moved from there. That's unreal. I yeah. thought th- one of the craziest stories, and I won't spoil too much, is so they used to have padding below. So when they fell, obviously, yeah. things. Well, something happened to the padding at one event. So what they did was they bought what was the equivalent of an air mattress. Oh, my God. And they said they only blew it up half the way. Well, these guys are 220-plus pounds, so they were on rings, or they were playing up pretty high. The guy fell. He said he fell basically onto cement and basically busted three of his vertebrae. Jesus. Because he was because there was no padding underneath. Because there's like, a Costco air, yeah, Kirkland yes, air mattress exactly. there. Yeah. Like, this is how this thing was being ran. But, like, <laughs> basically, it was much like the old NFL. Like, if you were injured or hurt, like, your spot got taken, you didn't get back on the gladiator. So, like... These guys had to go to extreme lengths to make sure that they were performing every day. And, and like the contestants, when they, they would come to these cities and they would say like, hey, we're having tryouts for American Gladiators. It would be like an NFL combine there. They're running like shuttle run. They're doing like... <laughs> 
uh, Powerball trying to slam it. They have all these physical activities going on, and then they took the peak physical guys. I think one of them, they had to do 30 chin-ups in under, like, 30 seconds or something like that. And if so, like, if you got to the final round, they interviewed you to be on the show. But, like, if you got to that final round, you were an absolutely, like, peak performing yeah, athlete yeah you're yeah and you're it's pretty interesting it's it's definitely definitely worth a watch yeah did they mention anything about like steroid use or perform anything like that um i can't i think they did in the second episode i mean those guys it was pretty Royce. clear yeah. right yeah, yeah. 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 Do a 90s yep 100%. that's wild um last note i will put in before we do over under here uh complete 180 of what these guys are talking about. I'm going to go to my nerd corner a little bit. The one thing I did this week. Nerd. Yeah, I am a little bit. I went and saw the second uh, Spider-Verse across the Spider-Verse. I think it's the greatest animated series ever created. Uh, honestly, it's like the across the Spider-Verse was like one of the best movies I've ever seen. I saw that by myself. Never saw a movie by myself before. I don't know if you guys have. Have you ever done it? I haven't. Sounds enjoyable. It was. It was. Um, I definitely will say I got a little too excited to start. Kind of smoked myself into a panic attack for the first 10 minutes. Was kind of like just, I, it was one of those things where I just kept like being like, I, I know I lost something. I lost something. I'm like, I don't know. I was being an idiot. But outside of that, very enjoyable experience. I'd say if you can go to a movie by yourself, do it. Uh, it's kind of peaceful. Movie rocks. So I'm just saying the Spider-Verse movies, they fucking rock no matter what age you are. They're amazing. It's a long movie, though, uh, and it was only part one. IMDb so, gave it a 9.1 out of 10. Yeah. Wow. So it, it, it is truly, like, if you like animated movies or, I mean, even good movies in general, this is the most visually stunning movie I have ever seen in my life. As far as animation goes, as far as, I'll put it next to Avatar. I'll put it next to fucking anything. Wow, okay. It is the coolest uh, animated thing I've ever seen, and they changed the game when it comes to animation. Like you can picture Pixar movies and those are very well done. Picture Toy Story, um, you know, Finding Nemo, all of those. This is a whole different look on animation. It looks like a comic book. Like it looks like a comic book. They like move and things make like the noises and have like the little boxes and uh, different scenes like change color based on the mood of it. Like there's so much to visually look at during this thing. I saw it in IMAX. Coolest fucking thing in the world. Um, and like the animation is just fucking mind blowing and it's only PG. Yeah. So if it's a 9.1 and you love it being a PG movie, like this thing's got to be all time. And it's like four adults. I feel like, like a kid, I feel like could not pay They would be stunned by the view of it, but like to follow the story, I feel like it'd be tough. So there's, there's a, what was the first one? It was, uh, into the spider verse is the first one. This is across the spider verse part one, which is a two hour and 15 movie. And then, there's a part two of a cross. I think it's beyond the spider verse is going to be part three. So this is my nerd corner. This is the shit I'm really into. Uh, and it was one of those, like, do you guys remember, do you guys ever see game of Thrones? Oh yeah. No. Okay. Well, you know how, like after the first one, they get you all fired up and they're about ready to go on that journey. And then the movie ends. It's kind of like that. Okay. Cause so it's, you're a, like it's ready a part to be one. dialed in. And I knew the movie was ending. Uh, and like people in the theater though, like screamed when the credits started rolling. Cause they couldn't believe the movie was ending. <laughs> Might have to check it out. No, you got to. I'm telling you. See the first one first, though, because it won't make sense. Second one won't make sense. You got to okay. see the first one first. All right, that's all I had. Uh, movie fucking rocked. I want to see it like six more times in theaters before it's out. Let's do over-under and close this busy show. Jerry has sent over the over-under picks. Um, again, I said last week, 
he said two things to me. One, he claimed we were clueless about the live PGA situation when he put it on the list. He was hoping one of us would like be sniffing that out and we didn't. So I don't know. Fuck off. The second one was he said, I need to stop putting such obvious topics in the over-under because you guys are just talking about them, and then you get to them. On the, the show, yeah. So those are the notes from Jerry. Let's see what he came up with. Lou, I'm starting with you. Number one, senior pranks. Senior pranks, I will say, are underrated. It's a good time for seniors to get back at the faculty, kind of band together with like a bunch of buddies. You went to last hurrah type deal, you yeah. know? I'd say underrated. Is Jerry, like, having a midlife crisis? He did grad parties last time, and now he's doing senior pranks. Well, he's hanging out with the Hornies quite a bit right now. Oh, that's so probably maybe the connection. That. And, so, you know, it's the end of the school year, but I he did, said the Hornies are keeping him real busy. I did say graduation uh, parties were underrated. I'm going to say senior pranks are overrated. You don't need to wait until your senior year to pull a prank. Do it at any time. <laughs> Fuck it. <laughs> Uh, I think the deal with the senior prank is, like, you're already at the end, and they may give you a little more leeway. You know, if you're a sophomore, they could just kick you out. They didn't give us leeway. I don't think we pulled one. Well, I don't think we did either, because that was the annoying part, is, like, they were... It was a big, like, we're going to not let you we had, Correct. Uh, yeah. We had an issue, actually, where we, we had a senior prank, and everyone threw baby powder in the hallways of the school and they canceled like the overnight party or like some shit they had lined up for us. They ended up canceling it because people did the senior really? prank. Yeah. So I will say my senior year I had, this was the idea. It was me and a couple buddies and we bought a bunch of cement and we were or like powder cement and we were going to mix it up at like two in the morning. And I wanted to put a speed bump like a big speed bump right at the start of the entrance there because, like, the school would get so crowded. It's in, like, a neighborhood. Mm -hmm. And it would have just fucked up all of traffic. It would have just ruined traffic for the day. That was my senior prank was to, like, put a speed bump there. I mean, that's probably, like, a felony to, like, alter, <laughs> you know, like, the cement ground. But uh, my buddy's dad, like, caught us. He, like, caught us with all the shit. And then did you put the axe on it? Absolutely. He was like, oh. are you fucking idiots? He didn't help you mix the cement? Yeah, he's like, are you fucking morons? <laughs> like, just graduate. Get out of this fucking place. <laughs> um, but I will say they're underrated. Fucking go for it. Maybe don't make speed bumps, but like, you know, throw rubber bands everywhere. They're, you can't vacuum them. You can't sweep them. You got to pick them up by hand. Or they do like the like the thousands of cups filled with water in the hallway. Oh, you yeah. You see that? Yeah. yeah. Um, number two, Channy. Hot topic these days, Taylor Swift. Taylor Swift. I'm going to go with... <clears throat> underrated. Um, I personally don't listen to her too much, but you got to respect her. Her stadium tour is selling out left and right. People are going nuclear about not being able to get tickets, the cost of tickets, driving to other cities, maybe possibly to other countries to see her. She's an, an absolute superstar. She's not my cup of tea, but I respect her. Underrated. Love that answer out of you, Channy. Um, I absolutely have to go underrated. I don't know what the qualifications are to be like a Swifty, but I will say I listened to Taylor Swift. My wedding song was Taylor Swift. I waited in line on the internet for these tickets for this show forever. Tried to get tickets, looked up tickets. I'm not going to pay $1,800 or any, something crazy. I'm not losing my mind about not going. I know a lot of Taylor Swift songs. Her live music, I think, is just fucking awesome. The videos, she's like performing in the rain two yep. hours past shows. And like, you you know, you see artists like cancel shows for a sore throat. And she's just ready to fucking rumble, ready to give it all. Uh, she's got a wide range of a music collection. I think she's fucking awesome. She's talented. She writes her own music. Taylor Swift, underrated. 
Yeah, I'll keep it kosher, boys. I'll go with underrated as well. I mean, anyone selling out fucking stadiums like this every single week, every single weekend, packing it. Aaron Rodgers is there. Jared Goff's going this weekend. Like, oh, nice. It ain't fucking just little kids or young girls, teenagers going. It's fucking the whole spectrum. Yeah. Underrated. Yeah, and the videos coming out of it are just just awesome. Good job, Taylor. Good for you. Good on you. Me, number three. Slim Jims. Wow, this is a good one. Wow. Yeah. I grew up with Slim Jims. I fucking loved Slim Jims. I haven't had a Slim Jim in so fucking long, but I I used to love these things. Remember how nuts the commercials were? Oh, yeah. Snap into a Slim Jim. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> underrated. Love Slim Jims. Um, underrated as well. I, I've had Slim Jims like semi-recently. Like if I see them at a party store and I'm getting a little hungry midday, like I'll snap into a Slim Jim. No problem. They do make your breath smell like absolute shit though. Yeah. I will say it, it, it does smell like you've been chewing on like hot rubber, but it's a, it's a fucking staple snack back from the day. Yeah. Like can't, can't get away from it. Underrated. Wasn't Macho Man a spokesperson yes. for Slim Jims? Oh yeah. Oh like- Yeah. <laughs> I love Slim Jims. I'll still eat them to this day. Slim Jims underrated. Pretty funny uh, Instagram account out of the Slim Jim guys, too. Uh, Number four, Lou, ice cream trucks. Ice cream trucks. Wow, ice cream trucks. I feel like they haven't updated them since the fucking 80s. Like, why is it so hard to update an ice cream truck and, like, modernize it a little bit and not make it look like a pedophile driving through your subdivision trying to scoop up kids? Fair. I don't understand it. Because <laughs> that's what it is. <laughs> <laughs> I love the concept of it, but they need to update them. Ice cream trucks, overrated. Wow. Uh, I'm going to tend to agree. It is nostalgic. Um, and at the same time, I'm a soft serve guy. I like to go out, go to the outdoor custard stand. I'm going to say ice cream trucks are overrated. Um, I can't rag on the ice cream truck, man. I used to love hearing that goddamn jingle and running out there and, you know, the guy trying to touch me or grab me. And, you know, my parents inevitably <laughs> saving that? me. Yeah, I mean, it's part of this experience. You know, it's part of it. You know, the music's too loud. Traffic's piling up behind you. I love the ice cream truck. I'm going to go with underrated. I want to throw a couple of uh, ice creams at you from the ice cream truck. Some staple ones. See if mm-hmm. you, maybe, a, maybe a versus one. Um, so did you ever do like the red baseball mitt? Yep. Yep. Okay. And what about the white shark? You ever, you ever have like yeah. the lemon? I did the SpongeBob like one. The, great, yeah, <laughs> the yeah. lemon one. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I like the the shark better. I think the shark was better. I like the mitt. I was more of a baseball mitt, mitt guy. guy. Yep. Um, okay. How about s- snow cone? You guys all know the snow mm-hmm. cone. And then did you guys ever see the. Um, the uh, it was like the wrestlers. Yes, dude, and, that yeah. was my favorite fucking one <laughs> yeah. by it, far. It was like they just like it was like an ice cream re- sandwich, yes. and they had like the two uh, like, like like grill marks of the yes. wrestler on it. That was the number one fucking item I got. Yeah, bar none. Just trying to think of some more screwballs were screw on balls there. Screwballs are awesome. Yeah. Choco tacos. Choco taco, great call. Tacos, firecrackers. Uh, I was a huge Spider Man guy with the with the, like the the marbles for eyeballs that would yep. crack your teeth. Powder Puff Girls oh, with yeah. the marbles. Yeah, I'm that was all the right same now. ice cream. That was all the same ice cream. It was. Yes. Yeah. I, I was a big um I was a big snow cone guy, big mitt guy, and big uh big shark guy. Yep. I was the wrestling guys all day. Screwball. Screwballs. Mixing mix a SpongeBob with the eyes. <laughs> yep. I like the screwballs a lot. And then uh, the Choco Taco is always a classic. And the funny part about eating those is every time you got to the gumball eyes or at the bottom of the screwball, you were like chewing on a fucking rock. Dude, it you would got cra- like three seconds. <laughs> you, would, you, would, you would crack it and you would have a moment of like, was that my tooth or yes. the fucking ball? <laughs> yeah. uh, good times. Good times. 
good old days. Number five, closing with Channy. Buying a gift for your dad on Father's Day. Over or underrated? Huh. I usually buy my dad a gift. Um, I'm going to say underrated just because I don't really buy him a gift other than Christmas and Father's Day anyway. So he, my dad's a reader. I like to get him like a book or something. It's not like a sentimental picture or anything like yeah. that. Like I, I try to get him something he enjoys. So I'm going to say it's underrated. Um. I think in general, it's it's underrated. It's good to get your dad gifts. Uh, my father in particular is, you know, if you're listening, dad, you're the worst gift receiver uh, in the world. You show no joy in receiving the gift. You look at it for a minute. You act confused, even though it's clear what the gift is. Um, and then you comment on something that could be improved about the gift. And that's kind of the whole situation. Uh, even if I get you like the perfect gift, you kind of just look at it and go, I don't know if that's going to fit. And then... You'll wear it a lot. You'll, you'll use the gift I get you, and then you don't comment that I got it, and you kind of act like you don't know that I got it for you. So my dad, receiving gifts, old Italian guy, not good at it. He's not good at receiving gifts, never has been. It's never a fulfilling um, situation, so I'm going to say overrated. I hear you, Frank. I'm in the same boat with you on that. Like, I, he, He's the hardest person to buy gifts for. I buy the same – I feel like I buy him the same fucking shit all the time, like pack of golf balls – new polo, some hunting accessory, pack of American spirits. <laughs> yeah, right, right. <laughs> I mean, and he, he's never mad about him, but it's like I'm fucking re rinch wash repeating the same like five gifts over and over again. Still love the guy. Oh, yeah. You I, know, I mean, but yeah, I'm not saying that. He's just, you know, you hate your dad. Yeah, fucking hey, yeah, man. Yeah. Hating your dad over underrated. Um, <laughs> no, it's just it's just like a hmm. underrated. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, that was episode 111. We appreciate uh, everyone tuning in. Appreciate you following, listening. If you are listening right now, the best thing you can do for us is hit the share button. Send this to someone. If you heard one thing during the show that you'd want to share with somebody, send it to them. Let them know that you listen to The Fizz. Get them on board. We want to keep growing this thing. We appreciate you guys. If you're listening to Spotify, please rate it five stars. Write a review. Same with Apple Podcasts. And that is all we got. And we will see you guys next week. Have a good week, team. Snap into a Slim Jim. Oh, yeah. See ya. <laughs>